0: go ahead get that turned down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double you're now tuned in to episode 204 of do rags and boat shoes as no it's been a minute so let me just start off by saying happy new year and happy black history month <laughs> it's been a minute but we right back at it like a left song. um i'm working on a new mic so y'all just bear with me i'm using a Shure mv7 my last uh mic was a usb mic was an m audio mic Um that had Pro Tools built into it. And um yeah, it finally just hit the crapper. Uh right after that episode 203 that I did back in September. And then it's just so easy to be lazy and just keep putting shit off and like, oh, I'll get it, you know, next week. I'll buy one next week. I'll buy one next week. I'll buy one next week. And next thing you know, here you are three, four months later, and now you're just now getting an episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. But um, hopefully y'all had a great Christmas um, Hopefully y'all had a great October uh, Great Thanksgiving And shit like that uh, This mic is uh, actually pretty nice um, It's pretty comparable to the, the Mic that everybody uses um, For podcasting And for streaming and shit like that And when you see people sitting down um, Doing interviews is the Shure um, S-H-U-R-E um, What's that? The SM7B that's the one uh, that people use. And I was on that mic uh, years ago, um, back when I was rapping still. So this was back in, man, I bought that mic ooh, way before podcast was even kicking off. I think I bought that mic back in like 2009, 2010, maybe. Uh, and I remember um, I bought it from Guitar Center uh, and this was way, way back in the days. And, um, uh, yeah, we used it for the studio we had um, down at the uh, CW Boxing Club or whatever. But it might be about 2011 or whatever that I bought that. And then uh, uh, I think, think, uh, I think I pawned it or I don't know if my my nigga uh, Kingpin, rest in peace. I don't know if he pawned it or whatever. And then just let it go. But back then that mic was like 400 some odd bucks, and I think now I think it went up by a hundred bucks or whatever. But I was on that mic for a long time we was on that because just how I picked up the voices and shit like that uh, we were using that as a studio mic Um, but now that's like the standard for using on um, podcasts and things like that but this Shure MV7 was kind of dope about this is it has like um, built-in gain which is basically your volume to uh, control it and shit like that and it has uh, the meter right there So it has like the green lights when I'm speaking And if I'm speaking too loud uh, it go, The meter goes all the way up to like orange and red And I can control uh, the volume on the little um, It's like a little touch screen on the actual mic And uh, it's a USB mic But it also has an XLR uh, hookup too So I can just hook it up to a mixer too I got a mixer when I have um, people on the show Like when I'm having like Brandon on there and uh, other guests and shit like that um so i could definitely use that and i got a new stand and it's just kind of tripping me out because on my m audio mic my stand was um it was a uh, like a tabletop stand and so i used to just keep one hand on it it was like a tripod and uh, i would have it on my desk and shit like that and i would have one hand on it but now this one is pretty much like a you know this. Um, this mic stand that I have for this shore it's pretty dope it's uh still clicks on to my desk but it's like hands-free it's like the ones you see one you know video game people are streaming or like radio people have you know with the, the boom arm you know right by your face and shit like that so I don't know what to do with my hands now so now I'm just kind of like fidgeting and stuff because I always had one hand on the mic while I was you know speaking on the other episodes of do rags and boat shoes but um so we'll see how this works um, I'm using some new um, software, audio software so if the podcast sounds a little different just bear with me because I'm still learning um, but I appreciate y'all being patient with me and I've seen the emails you know and the uh, Instagram um, messages and stuff asking where the show is and shit like that, um, i just been slacking you know like I said the mic went down and uh, it just was easy just to be lazy you know, that's all it is, you know, easy being lazy and, you know, wrapped up in life and fatherhood and holidays and all this other shit. And yeah, but we back, baby. So uh, let's go ahead and make it do what it do and uh, see what's on that good old summer damn jam screen. Let me uh, pull up my notes real quick. I feel rusty. If I sound congested, it is because I am. I've been sick since uh, since Martin Luther King Day. So I have been clogged up, body aches headaches earaches since martin luther king day but it is what it is um the weather has been you know it's been beautiful the past couple weeks but nigga since what was it uh january like pretty much most of january the weather was like terrible like it was a stretch where i think the month of january we got almost 18 inches of snow Or whatever, and that was most like I think that made it into the top six for Nebraska snow totals and Omaha snow totals or whatever. And on top of that, like we had like just dangerously chilly weather, like wind chills and shit like that. But I'm glad we got it up out the way because the end of January into February, you know, it just It just switched it just was like a switch it just you know as soon as we got out of them sub zero temps because i mean temps got down to like with the wind chills and shit like in the negative 30s you know negative 30s negative 32 and shit like that and then you had all that goddamn snow i mean we had at one point in my driveway um, from where i snow and the drifts and shit like that i had uh pretty much snow up to my thighs like like it was it was ridiculous like um just the drifts and then it was just we had a stretch of like it was the first big snowstorm and it really didn't snow and everybody's like where the hell the snow at and stuff like that like it was just kind of you know kind of like um like what was it like it was just like kind of slow kind of raining slash snowing in all of a sudden it was just consistent it just was consistent it was just like oh we got three inches this day then the next day it was like another two then it was like okay we got an inch and then we get a break all right here comes another storm front then here comes another four inches and you was like god damn when will this end and you got a two-day break then here come another two three inches of snow and then it just got to the point where you i looked at it building up against the fence line, and I'm just like, Jesus, like, this is almost waist deep out here, and then we have this huge tree in our backyard, and, uh, you just seen the snow piling up around that tree, and it was just like, my goodness, like, you just seen how much snow was there, and I couldn't get to any of my sheds, but I always move my snowblower out of my shed into the garage anyway, because y'all know I'm staying on the acre, and so I keep my, my yard, um tools like my mower and shit like that and pressure washer and um, the riding mower the push mower and the snow blower they all stay in that shed but I always move move stuff you know before snow happens like I move all the shovels and stuff to the garage and shit like that and I'm glad that I did that just because of the weird hours I was working and the job that I had at the time um just was some bullshit like working for the D.O.T oh my goodness that was disgusting it was one week that we had so much snow i literally worked it was 10 days in a row and i worked 127 hours i worked a 17 hour day i worked from like 7 a.m to midnight and the rules for the dot don't apply to us because you know you have that 11 hour drive rule or the 14 you have a 14 hour work day and you only can drive for 11 hours or whatever under the DOT rules so like you can work 14 hours but you only can have 11 hours of drive time but DOT, when you work for the DOT it's like oh those rules don't apply to us like you don't have to do the, the physical you know to see how healthy you are to see if you're medically fit to even drive which is crazy because you are driving around in a tow plow or a dump truck operating heavy machinery and you don't do the vision test you don't do the urine test to see if your your kidney's working properly Um, you don't do the vision test the blood pressure test like it is insane and so none of those rules apply to you so like i said i work from like 7 a.m to midnight then the rest of the nine days i work from fucking midnight to from noon to midnight and then was just like god damn it was just whooping my ass but it is what it is though um and it wasn't no good money i thought i was gonna have like this fat ass paycheck and i was like uh what like um hold on here like in 10 days i worked 127 hours so on your paycheck you get paid every two weeks so you look at that and you're like okay so i got like 47 hours of overtime my check wasn't shit i was making more of my previous job in the summer in one week i'm just like oh this is some bullshit this is some straight bullshit but um let me quit rambling um let's see here first things first let's say resting power to our brother carl weathers um just lost him a couple days ago uh that brother was only was he only 76 something like that and the last thing we saw man was the mandalorian um you know we all know him as uh action jackson you know if he black other folks know him as apollo creed um great actor um just a real dope individual uh you know gave us so many classics so may he rest in power and then what we had last night we had the grammys last night Um, I was peeking at it in and out I was still (coughs) uh, Working on this uh, software This audio software trying to get this to work And shit like that so I'm peeking at it back and forth You know I'm watching YouTube tutorials And shit like that and then getting updates from Twitter Um, And uh, yeah I was happy to see uh, Real Rap is back As far as um, Killer Mike being uh sweeping his categories you know he swept all three of the categories that he was nominated in and uh because that michael album is it's a a dope album it's uh it it has the great balance of conscious rap street rap kind of preachy rap it has everything in there and uh it's a great album it's very cinematic it's a masterpiece and i'm glad that that brother got his flowers um brother's almost fifty years old and he just swept and uh he just did his thing and it's a great album and shout out to all the trolls online on Twitter and TikTok. I'm not calling X uh X, it's fucking Twitter. I don't care what Elon does. And what's funny is uh to go on a little tangent or whatever to fly off the deep end and kind of circle back is um I didn't know what was it with PayPal and Elon Musk was trying to change PayPal to X. And them niggas was like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like the board members. They're like, man, get the fuck out of here with that corny shit. So, yeah, he kept that brewing. I was like, I'm going to turn Twitter into X. And it's just, nigga, it's Twitter. Your mama named you Twitter. I'm going to call you Twitter. But um, there's so many young folks who are in these so called hip hop spaces, these non black folks who are in these rap spaces i should say more specifically and their only thing that they know is travis scott and drake and some of these tiktok rappers you know who put out this music that's you know it's one verse maybe a chorus you know what i'm saying that's the only thing that they know and so they're they're all going who was killer mike who was killer mike and i know some of it's trolling but some of these people genuinely do not know who killer mike is who came up with the Dungeon Family. And it's just, it's amazing to me that you have so many people who are not of the culture, who are making money from the culture, you know, speaking on the culture, which is, is just insane to me and not knowing the damn thing about it. Like, at least do your research. At least go and read his Wikipedia page. Go through his discography. And I would think that people would know about Killer Mike um, more specifically because of the work that he did uh, with run with his group Run The Jewels, you know, because they had a niche crowd. So I, you know, I think most of it's trolling, but there are some people online who just genuinely don't know who Killer Mike is, and they're trying to clown and being like, oh, how come Drake and 21 didn't win it and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, dog, like it's two different projects. Like that Michael album is just pure hip hop like that's what it is like it's straight up hip-hop in and out he's rapping his ass off catchy choruses dope beats and he's telling the story like you have to respect it and it surprised me that the academy got it right you know that was very surprising to me (coughs) you know bear with me coughing my ass off but um and then also uh jay-z got the, uh, Dr. Dre award. Um, and he was up there talking that talk, you know, pretty much criticizing the Grammys and you know, how he speaks on the Grammys and shit like that. And, you know, drinking douce say about the, the Grammy, um, 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 you know, award or, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, statue award, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But he did have a great point about, you know, his wife, never win an album of the year like she's one of the she is the most decorated uh female artist in the grammys history and she's never won it and then you look at somebody like (coughs) somebody like long back taylor swift uh this woman is she has i think four albums of the year and you know i i don't see the appeal with her uh, because it sounds like all of her music even in her big age, it just all of her music sounds like it's written by um, like a junior, like a junior in high school who's like the the star of like um, stage plays. You know what I'm saying? That's what it sounds like. She's like the female uh, Manuel Lynn whatever that Lynn Manuel dude. You know, it's just very simplistic. And it's just very, very beige. The music is very beige. If her music was a color it'd be beige. and it's just it's just blah. It's like the melodies aren't catchy. the choruses don't bring you in. The lyrics aren't deep. It's like this woman is as deep as a cap of water. That's how deep she is. She's deep as a shot of water, half a shot. And it's just like, i just don't understand it but at the same time you do because there's a whole machine behind her and there's a whole demographic out there that relates to that simplicity you know but you know let them tell her this is the you know she's like socrates on the microphone and it's just like oh my goodness how long have y'all been smoking crack you know and so you have somebody like beyonce who has these great melodies Um, These catchy choruses, you know, just the range, the melodies, the bridges, um, just the stanzas, just all this stuff that she's contributed to American culture. And it's just like, nah, no album of the year. Like, that's crazy. And I think another one is, um, I think Aretha Franklin is another one who's never had an album of the year from the Grammys. So that just tells you who's who. But I also saw an interview where uh, Beyonce's father was talking about, uh, this was an old interview, talking about how um, her record label at the time, Columbia Records, wasn't playing the politics game behind the scenes and, you know, kind of campaigning and, you know, kind of sweet-talking them voters and shit and, you know, kind of putting it out there. But, um, you know, it's the Grammys, you know, at the I mean, you just heard me. You know, praising him for you know getting it right with um, with killing Mike, but then at the same time, it's just like eh, you know, it's just you know, it is what it is. Um, that's all I really can say. And uh, also about you know, it's Black History Month, and we're talking about long back um, Taylor Swift. Um, the New York Times has been very disrespectful just with her uh, dating uh, what's that boy's name, that Travis Kelsey. The, um, he's not the wide receiver, the tight end from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Great player, amazing player. He has butterfingers sometimes, but I can't hate on that boy's talent. Uh, He's he's a great, great tight end. Uh, I mean, he was cooking Baltimore. Um, Him and uh, Mahomes, they just, you know, they just, they get shit done. They get shit done. You can't even hate on them. But my man's haircut, that ball fade that he has you know that that white man fade that he has is now called the the Kelsey the fade and then niggas been getting that since at least the 40s. <laughs> niggas been getting that 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 fade that fade beard combo since like the 40s. <laughs> like you <laughs> Like you can like you can just go back and look at pictures of black men in zoot suits. They had that fade and that beard combo. But uh you see in a lot of white barber shops they're like they can white men coming in, let me get that Kelsey. Let me get that Travis Kelsey, my guy, let me get that. Let me go ahead and get that. And you probably got, you know, wives telling their husbands to go to supercuts and you know, get that Taylor Swift boyfriend cut. Like, yeah, Roger, you should go ahead and get that get that get that cut that uh that, that 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 uh that uh taylor swift has her boyfriend has go ahead and get that cut but the yeah new york times was just they be on some bullshit and then they were talking about what is swag surfing like swag surfing has been out for was it 2024 it was down there in georgia what 0809 around that time And that ain't even really the swag surf that you see people doing now with the arms around each other and swaying back and forth. It's literally a whole dance to swag surfing. And I love that every time someone brings up swag surfing, people pull up that original video of them niggas hitting that shit tough in front of that tour bus because it's a full ass dance. And I used to hit that hoe so tough and you would hit that shit that swag surfing, the dipping, and the turning, like you was actually on a surfboard, like you would hit the rock side to side, but then you would wave that bitch like you actually riding a surfboard, and it's just, it pisses me off that it's, this, you know, swag surfing is getting gentrified, but it's just like the shit been out since, you know, maybe 15, 16 years, you know what I'm saying, and then you see people catching on, and it's just like, um, not people catching on, but it's popular at um, stadiums and sporting events and shit like that. <coughs> I'm coughing my ass off. Y'all gonna bear with me, but you know, that's that's a great way to kick off Black History Month is by offending black folks because you know it's gonna catch wind because black folks don't play that shit about our culture. The thing that we need to start doing though is um, there really needs to be someone documenting black history like black pop you know because you can just kind of see where shit is going like black pop culture like it really needs to be um what i say archived and credit needs to be given to where credit's due because we we're such an oral people um just like back in the day how we would learn dances and shit like that you would have You know, you would either see it on Soul Train or you had like a cousin or uh, somebody from out of town. You know, the family reunion, they show you how to do a dance from, you know, somewhere in, you know, Tennessee. They bring it over to Kansas City and then, you know, somebody from Kansas City brings it on over to Denver. Somebody from Denver brings it over to, you know, fucking Vegas or L.A. and that's how dances started to spread like wildfire and shit like that but we need to start like archiving and keeping like records of black pop culture because there's so many times where you see these other group stars just kind of you know edging in you know trying to call it something else and claiming it as as their own and you're just like man get the fuck out of here with that shit and you know black folks end up saying it came from here here and here and you know how white folks are. White folks don't believe shit if it ain't written by a white person. You know, if it ain't written down, signed, sealed, and delivered by a white person, they just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. short Negro, mm-hmm, fuck out of here. You know, so I think that's what black folks we need to start doing is actually, you know, recording black pop culture and dances and shit like that. And um, it was just like, who is it? Just. I don't know, it was about four or five years ago when uh, white folks started gentrifying Bye Felicia. You know, they started making them uh, t-shirts that say, like, buy Felicia and, like, the live, laugh, love font and shit like that. And selling them on Etsy and Poshmark and shit like that. And you're just like, you don't even know where the fuck is that from. Like, you can see people post, like, I want to be like Felicia because she's always going somewhere. People always telling her Bye. It was like, bitch, that's a crackhead from the movie Friday. They was always telling her bye Felicia. Then get the fuck out of here. Cause she was always on some crackhead shit. That was Debo's baby. Like get the like it's just shit like that. You know, it's just and it just disgusting. It is. Like, it's just you see shit like that and you just like you don't know the history. You don't know where it came from and it's just like like black folks specifically like black Americans are like the poster children for cool and for hip shit you know like we make shit so fly and we keep coming up with fly shit over and over and over and then <coughs> the old shit we forget about you know another group would pick it up and be like we created this like get the fuck out of here like you seeing um like you seeing right now um even though like that haircut is still kind of around, it's kind of like kind of fading out. Like that nappy sponge cut, like the uh, the tapered uh, Kobe fro, you know, the frobe, you know, with the the nappy hair and shit like that, and using the sponge and shit like that. Now you seeing like Asian folks getting their hair like chemically, uh, like chemically transformed to be kinky, and so they can run around here with these. Uh, with these cuts and shit like that and you're like yo what the fuck are y'all on like what type of time is that and you know Asian folks cannot stand black folks they love the culture but they cannot fucking stand us like you could literally go over there and be they would just be in awe and scared of you at the same time you know what I'm saying like they could be dressed like you like a, like a Asian Kodak black <laughs> or some shit Head to toe, you know, in a mirror and then uh, you know, got on some J's or some shit, and some gaudy jewelry, and you know, got their hair chemically, you know, done to look kinky and shit like that, with the Froby rocking that that fade Froby and then they're just like, oh my god, oh no, oh no, oh no, get away from me, darkie, you know, some shit like that, and you're just like, it like it's just, I don't know, I just feel like black folks need to start gatekeeping tighter, but like with the internet you just see it and you're just like wow it's just like that whole shit where thumb those tiktok dances um when uh, i don't know that girl's name that white girl was stealing all them black dances and she ended up on jimmy fallon and people called jimmy fallon and i was like man oh i didn't know i didn't know i just knew her and uh then then he hit, uh, finally had the original original black creators on there like weeks later and it was like okay all right bro like get the fuck out of here you know it's just I don't know it's annoying and then what was what was amazing and what I appreciate about <coughs> Gen Z and Alpha is a uh, black kids that was that there was that Megan the Stallion song came out and they were like we're not going to create a dance for it they didn't create a dance for it and none of those popular white tiktokers knew what to do they were trying to create a dance on their own and then none of that shit take off none of that shit take off and I, I fully commend them for that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I might have to write that idea down as to, you know, start archiving like black dances, black pop culture and shit like that. Maybe that'll be a project I'll work on. I'm speaking it into existence now. Um let's see what else uh i forgot to talk uh what was that last what was it, last month that dave Chappelle special came out on netflix the latest one and that was the one that uh me and the wife saw back in uh september as soon as he kicked it off i was like oh i remember this joke i ain't gonna watch this shit so i didn't watch it but uh <laughs> because it was the same stand-up um that was uh and and when it was it was presented by netflix uh on tour and it was called the lunatics manifesto i forgot what it's called now on, on netflix the streaming now but um what was funny is uh you know dave was trying to beat them uh transphobic uh allegations so he had uh the hilarious um uh trans female comic uh flame monroe flame monroe she's hilarious um and she's, I think she's out of the Chicago, and he had her as one of his openers, and uh, she was funny, and it was it was smart of Dave to have her as an opener to kind of, you know, kind of beat them allegations because uh, <coughs> they was eating his ass up, and so he started, you know, making fun of like uh, cripple people and shit like that, but it, it was funny, it was it was a great show. Me and the wife had a great time down there, and uh, what was wild is. um they have you, and we got floor seats. We we splurge on that, because, I mean, Dave is pretty much our childhood, and um, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, I've been a fan of Dave since, you know, the Chappelle show, and even before that, we're killing him softly, and um, he was just a, you know, just very funny, super funny dude, and uh, that was pretty much, yeah, it was pretty much what, Chappelle show debut in, what, 03? So I was, what, 19? You know what I'm saying? So it was um, it was dope to just see that, uh, and see him in person. So we definitely we definitely got those floor seats, which were amazing. Uh, shout out to my my brother Bogart; he was down there with us too. We had a blast, and it was just great laughs. And that nigga probably went through two packs of cigarettes telling them jokes. But um, what was crazy is uh, de- dealing with the whole um, locking up your phone and your smartwatch so you couldn't record the show and shit like that or tweet about any of the jokes and uh how they did it was you know so with Ticketmaster you know you can always put them tickets in your digital wallet and so uh you know you have it on your phone you know they scan it boop boop you get to go and what was nice is they gave us these really dope uh canvas bags and it has the Chappelle Show logo and it says Chappelle on it and red black and green uh really nice and then on the back it says chapelle and it's like fading away on the back in red very nice canvas bags but um and uh it, it, it just felt good to walk down on the floor you know to do some fly shit like that because it's you know as far as experiences goes i will always pay top dollar for an experience you know over an item you know always do that always do that because it's something you can talk about something you remember and something you feel um you know it, it'll make you feel different than an item unless you buying a house you know what i'm saying but um like clothes shoes shit like that it's like eh, you know what i'm saying like always splurge on experiences um that's how I always feel especially like on vacations and shit like that uh like like my wife's a little different than me like i'll stay in a cheap hotel if i can splurge if that means i can splurge more money on experiences and like food and shit like that you know going out to eat and explain experiences some fly shit you know (coughs) i will always do that always 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 but um anyways going back to the Chappelle thing so um you have your tickets on your phone scan that in and then they give you um this um They write your seats down on a fucking post-it note. (laughs) I was like, okay. They were like, you got to hold on to this because if you go use the bathroom, you got to show security when you come back in and shit like that, like if you're on the floor. So now I'm responsible for a small ass post-it note every time I go take a piss or if I want to get up and go get a beer or something like that. So anyways, um... So they lock your phone and your watch in this uh, fabric case, and it has this weird lock on the top, or whatever, and it only can be unlocked with a special key or whatever. So it's like a, um, it's almost like it's almost like a thick ass sock or whatever. But you keep it with you the whole time, which is cool. And so we watched the show. Um, Donnell Rollins was there. You know, I'm rich, bitch, and he was funny. Uh, DJ Cipher sounds was there telling jokes. You know, from Hot 97, that was funny. And it was like, oh, this is hip hop right here. But the dude, he was he was pretty funny. He he was he was telling jokes. I'm like, when did this nigga started telling jokes, and he was funny as fuck. And then there was a um, there was like an Indian dude, like uh like uh not feather, but like red dot. You know, from the Middle East. He was telling jokes, and he was funny as fuck too. He was real funny. And uh, yeah, everybody who opened for Dave was funny as fuck. And uh the, the he he was great, you know, Dave was amazing as always, and it was dope at the end that he brought out you know Bud Crawford and shit like that, you know, celebrating him and his wins and shit like that. and you know just really recognizing Omaha. So that was an amazing thing to see. Um, and it was just it was dope. It was so dope to just you know go there and just kind of cool out and you know just have a good time with my with my lady doing that shit. you know it was um it was dope it was dope but like i said um always 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 pay for experiences always always if you can splurge on experiences if you got the bread go ahead and splurge on it you know sit front row at a favorite comedian sit front row at your favorite artist you know pay for that backstage vip you know meet and greet like you will never regret that shit Unless the person's an asshole, <laughs> but still, even if they're an asshole, you got a story to tell at a party. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, that was it was dope. It was dope. It was dope just doing that. And um, but what was what was funny though is at the end of the show, you know, they tell you they'll unlock your phones at the end of the show. So we're leaving, and everybody's like, "Yo, yo, where the fuck do I go to unlock my phone?" Because I'm same people who was locking up your phones they weren't nowhere inside the arena at all so you just like you just wandering around lost and then finally some security guards was like no go outside they're unlocking them outside it was like yo what the fuck is going on here and so you go outside and then they unlocking your phones outside i'm like okay they got the little key things to unlock your phone and your smartwatch and shit like that but that was that kind of pissed us off because it was like yo what the fuck you know and you And, you know, you got your kids at home, you know, my mother-in-law, you know, God bless her. She was watching the girls. She came down and watched them for us so we could, you know, have a good time and shit like that. So that was dope. But, uh, you know, you kind of worry about your kids, you know, the whole time. You just like, damn, you know, I had my phone on vibrate, you know, just in case, you know, I could feel through the case vibrating if there was anything, you know, happening at the house and shit like that. But you want to check your phone right away you know just in case you know you just never know you miss a text message or you know a ring alert goes off your security camera security system goes off whatever whatever but yeah you had to go all the way the fuck outside <coughs> to get that shit unlocked but anyways but still it was dope shout out to Chappelle. i mean one of the greatest to ever do it Um, And shout out to the niggas on Twitter that love to get, you know, retweets and likes for Slamming Dave Chappelle. Because knowing y'all niggas don't really be moving like that in real life, you know. It's just something about watching niggas pander online that's disgusting to me. Because you like, I know you don't be moving like that in real life, you know. But it's just like. You think you're gonna get some digital panties some some somehow some way, and digital panties ain't nothing but praise from women online. <laughs> That's all digital panties are. But uh, salute to y'all niggas. But uh, speaking of comedians, uh, Cat Williams kicked the year off right by letting the chopper sing and uh, telling his truth on Club Shay Shay. That was hilarious. Um, salute to him. And uh, that was a long ass interview. I-, I got through it, but it was just like Jesus. You know him and reading all them books with his lying ass but <coughs> but uh it was funny it was funny just hearing him you know how he was talking about Steve Harvey and said the entertainer and shit like that and uh, <laughs> how he was talking about Michael Jackson calling Chris Tucker Christmas that <laughs> uh, was funny it was almost like watching a, a stand up show you know so he was letting that chopper sing I know Monique is about to be on Club Shay Shay soon and I know she gonna let that thing. She gonna let that thing fire off. When we thought Kat was talking that talk. This nigga's about. I mean, Monique. She about to set it off, Monique. Um, I loved listening to her podcast, and I praised it on the on the older episodes of uh, Do Rags and Boats Shoes because I loved listening to her podcast with her and her husband because she was she told the truth and she stayed telling the truth no matter what. And then it finally came out uh you know they finally apologized to her and shit like that but they were you know they was trying to blackball that sister and i was just like that's fucked up and she was telling the truth the whole damn time and now you see what taraji is going through because she was telling the truth about the color purple and shit like that and how oprah be moving and um yeah so if y'all black in hollywood don't be don't do no moves with oprah because she uh she'll treat you like she, her last name is Epstein or some shit, you know, she, she'll fuck you over, but um, let's see what else is going on, that nigga Jonathan Majors god damn, that was a fall from grace wasn't it, I didn't really talk about Jonathan Majors, but yeah, that nigga, they hit that nigga with uh, what was it, probation or some shit he got convicted for running away from a white woman, like god damn they didn't like how he ran away from a white woman like, you pushed that white woman a little too hard into that suv to get away from her <laughs> i'm like shit like damn you can't even run away from a white woman like shit it was like you and that civil rights nose is gonna go under the jail no i think they hit that nigga with what, probation or some shit like that <laughs> if y'all been hiding under a rock uh so basically she was flipping out on him on some rihanna type shit over his phone that white woman he was dating and uh so he basically was trying to get away from her and uh the surveillance footage you know was like hey you pushed her a little too hard uh, and back into that suv when you was running away from her and it was just like shit like she was you know acting a fool and being distraught with him and you know as a black man you can't be caught with no distraught white woman they'll string you up from the fucking tree but they was like yo my g you pushed that white woman too hard to get away from her so we gonna go ahead and convict you of this and i don't know what that nigga's obsession was with coretta scott king like he was telling that white woman to (laughs) to be like his coretta and then he was saying that shit on uh the interview excuse me on uh good morning america and i was like oh my god nigga what type of time you on bro like what is your obsession with coretta scott king like sir i know you got a civil rights face but You are not Dr. King, sir. Like, you are not moving like him. Like, you are an actor. You are an actor, sir. But we'll see what happens. I see Marvel dropped him. He lost some other movie deals. And, uh, you know, shout out to those uh, Twitter warriors, you know, who love to see a black man fall from grace. Shout out to y'all. And a lot of y'all have black, you know, y'all claim to be black, but I don't know who y'all are. You know, but so many black folks love to see other black folks fall from grace, which is disgusting. But um, hey, you know, go and get them digital panties if you want to. And then it seems like uh, what was it last month? It just was announced that Tiger Woods he left Nike. He's been with Nike for 28 years, damn near 30 years. So I wonder what kind of situation he got going on. Cause I know some money coming somewhere if he's leaving Nike like that. Cause Tiger was doing some crazy numbers over there at Nike, especially with uh, his golf shoes. His golf shoes were like 220 bucks, though. So we'll see what happens uh, with other moves that he plans on making. But, you know, it's probably going to be more ownership into some kind of new brand or some shit like that. But, um, shit, I've been talking for, what, 42 minutes? Let me go ahead and leave it to my nigga Hov. Great job on your Grammy speech, and congratulations. But, uh, Hov, what you got to say? Don't be the next tested on that Summer Jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right. Thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Um, It looks like uh, your man's the American patriot, the country uh, legend Toby Keith has passed away. I think he was battling some kind of cancer, either lung cancer or stomach cancer. Uh, if y'all remember him and willie nelson had that song uh i don't know why willie nelson gets a pass but um and uh toby keith catches all the flack but they had that song beer for horses or something like that and willie nelson is singing about how back in the day you know people would be strung up from trees and shit like that if they tried that it was kind of like the prequel to, to try that in a small town it was a pre kind of prequel to that it was like back in like early 2000s that song came out but I never understood why everybody gave Willie Nelson a pass and they was riding Toby Keith's ass but I think it's cause he was beefing with the Dixie Chicks or whatever um but yeah he just passed away um yeah during Black History Month so yeah that's ironic ain't it but anyways uh what I wanted to talk about was there's this group this right wing group excuse me let me get my notes pulled up here it's taking forever I need a new MacBook ASAP, but it is what it is. Um, Ashley Babbitt, that white woman that was killed on um, January 6th during that uprising when they were breaking into the Capitol, when them folks stormed the Capitol. There is a right-wing group, along with her husband, they're suing the U.S. government for $30 million over a wrongful death suit. Um, And, you know, the lawsuit states that Ashley posed no threat to the safety of anyone Which is a lie Then they talking about she was ambushed by the officers She literally Was breaking into a door Like trying to break through a barricaded door Climbed through the window And got clapped Like that's what happened Like she should have just complied You know what I'm saying Like just you know there was many 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 warnings Like hey stand down Nope don't come in here Don't come in here with that bullshit And she got clapped That's what happened So now she's like this weird martyr for, like, right-wingers and Trump supporters and shit like that. Just just very odd because, you know, the right is so law and order and all this other shit. But that only applies to non-white people, specifically black folks. You know, they need—because white folks can't stay in the cops. You see so many videos online and even before online days when they used to have them state trooper shows on, uh, on uh, Fox and shit like that and cops— and white folks, they hate the police. If the police is fucking with them, they hate them. But if they keeping niggas in line, it's it's great. It's back to blue. Let me put this thin blue line flag up on my car and shit like that. And blue lies matter. You know, as long as it's keeping the niggas in check. But you've seen so many videos where, you know, go get your supervisor, buddy. Give me your badge number. You know, you see shit like that all the time. White folks can't stand the police. And January 6th just proved that. You know, uh, fuck law and order. That went out the window. They was beating the shit out of them cops with American flags and Blue Lives Matter flags and Trump flags. Like, beating the shit out of them. And there's a great documentary on HBO Max, or Max is what it's called now, which is weird as fuck. Um about that, uh, what happened on January 6th and they actually were talking with Capitol Police officers and there's one dude, he said he just knew he was going to die when they were like stomping him, beating the shit out of him and everything he said with flag poles, with everything and uh, he, just, he just was crying and pleading to him like I have a family, like I have a family I have a family, please I have a family cause they were gonna kill him they were beating the shit out of him so much And he was just crying and begging and pleading like, hey, I have a family. I have a family. And finally, somebody in that crowd was like, all right, let's chill. We beat the shit out of him enough. So, I mean, it's an amazing documentary and it recounts everything that happened. And it's just amazing to me how people on the right just try to downplay it. And then there was even people that I worked with uh, when I was working at the Department of Transportation. That's when I knew I was like, oh, that's flag number one. When people were trying to, like, excuse it. You know, it was like, no, it was just a bunch of pissed off Americans. That's all that that was some pissed off Americans. I'm just like uh, if they were pissed off Americans. They would have let the system work. They would have believed in the system like these were fucking traitors and that just justifies well not justifies but it explains how you still got people in the south flying them stars and bars they don't look at themselves as traitors at all so i'm just like what the fuck you know it's just it's you kind of at times if you let you know if you let the dominant society talk enough and keep rambling on and on they'll let you know that you know that they speak out of both sides of their mouths and it's one thing that they tell the people, non-white folks and then it's what they say to each other they don't believe in none of this bullshit if it's not going their way and it's just amazing to see how the media at first was trying to you know, play it, even the past couple of years, just trying to, you know, kind of play it back and forth, even though it happened what, three years ago they were just kind of playing with kid gloves and now they're calling them like mobs and shit like that and some people calling them traitors and shit like that but it's it's just amazing to me just to see how they were treating these folks with kid gloves and these folks are just now getting sentenced and uh, some of these people are even out some people been sentenced to just a few months in jail you know for just storming the fucking capital and then ain't shit happened to the cheeto in chief former cheeto in chief donald trump it's just amazing to me. But then you have this um, this right-wing group. What the fuck is the name of this group? Judicial Watch. Yeah, You know, that sounds official, don't it? <laughs> Fucking generic-ass name. So they're the group who's basically saying, they're claiming also that the FBI is gauging the cover-up in the death of her, too. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, what kind of cover-up do you think is happening like what kind of conspiracy was it like it was caught on camera like her trying to slip through that window and getting clapped that's what I'm just trying to figure out and then they're like they want the FBI to release all this information about it and um I'm just like what is there like there's no there's no big conspiracy she's not like some, some you know key cog in the machine that was, you know, going to have Donald Trump elected or some shit like that. No, she was storming the Capitol. She was coming into an area where elected officials were at, and that Lieutenant Michael Byrd, he protected those elected officials. that's what happened. And stopped them from coming in there. When she got clapped, everybody kind of backed the fuck up, like, oh, shit, these motherfuckers real. They shooting white folks, you know? So, I just don't get it, so we'll see what happens with this so-called lawsuit, but I mean, it's just the definition of just selling hope like dope, they made this woman a martyr, even though she was a criminal, and you know, they tell black folks and other non-white folks all the time, should have complied, should have complied, anytime there's some kind of wrongful death um, in the hands of police officers, should have com- complied, and now all of a sudden, you know, this woman is a martyr and there's this huge conspiracy to kill her and all this other shit. It's just fascinating to me. And that's why you don't ever take what people in a dominant society say at face value. You do the research yourself and you just look how they act. That's all you have to do. Pay attention to the actions, not the words, because they will. I mean, they will sell some hope, like some dope boy, they'll have you believing in the system and everything. Oh, the only way to fight the system is to, you know, get in get in the system and become a part of it and do this, that, and the third or file some paperwork. Fuck that. They, the election didn't go their way. These people stormed the Capitol. Stormed the Capitol. Then got mad when they broke the law and was getting sent to jail and killed and still acting the fool and talking about some kind of conspiracy. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Like, seriously, like, we... A lot of times, as non-white folks, we kind of have this thing where, well, white folks have done a number on us. But we have this thing where we kind of look at white folks subconsciously uh, because it's just been drilled in your head, especially with religion, with Christianity. It's been drilled into your head that they're like these authority figures. Because if you look at it, um, I didn't have this upbringing, but a lot of uh, non-white folks, black, you know, specifically black folks, had this upbringing. <coughs> Everybody outside of your mama and your daddy, you know, and your grandma, grandpa, you know, the OGs in your family. Outside of that, your first teacher was a a white woman. And then, you know, your uh, gym teacher was a white man or some big butch white lesbian. The principal or vice principal was a white man. And the police officers in your neighborhood was white. Every authority figure that you came across outside of your parents you know outside of the home was a white person and so then on top of that you have uh religion christianity being whitewashed so you know jesus is made in the image of you know god his first son and it looks like a fucking 80s rocker so then that fucks with you subconsciously we see this happening to our brothers and sisters over in the continent over in africa them niggas got that you know they got fucking big ass statues of white Jesus over there like they're being whitewashed right now so you have this thing where okay Jesus is a white man so God must be a white man these white folks roaming the earth they, they're gods amongst us amongst us, right so you just have this just drilled into your brain subconsciously because you didn't have no black teachers you didn't have you know any black authority figures outside of your parents you know when you're outside the home and your parents ain't there so you're taking directions from white folks and that's all the fuck that you see so then you grow up thinking and then on the job you get your first job you know your Shift manager, assistant manager, store manager, restaurant manager, whoever the fuck it is, is nothing but white folks. And you're just like, oh shit. You know, so then you just go into the world, you know, going to college. You know, all your professors is white. You know, there might be a sprinkle or of two of some niggas in there or a couple of Asian, um, <clears throat> you know, professors, but mainly the ones who who's got the pool. You know, is a is a white man or a white woman. You know, you play some high school sports or you know uh, college sports. The coach is a white man or a white woman, and so it's just drilled into you, just subconsciously. You know, you you look at white people like the authority, so you you don't even think of them as you know using manipulation or deception, you know, to get their way and the, to stay in the power you know with a nod and a wink to each other while they feeding you some bullshit so you just think you taking everything they say for face value because you've just been programmed like that you know what i'm saying you look at images of the pope and some white dude you know it's just everything authoritative is just some white person and that was the great thing about Barack Obama you know even though he didn't do shit for black folks but just seeing that image you know a lot of our kids saw a non-white person leading the country so then it's just it's a confidence boost it's like oh shit okay it really did a did a a number on the you know the white jesus concept or the white gods amongst us you know so you you really have to do the research yourself and the further you go back in history the darker that it gets when you start reading about heroes of history and things of that sort it's so uh, it gets darker and darker the further that you go back if it ain't hidden from you you know so we just really have to just get up out of that and i know even some of the most pro-black people they say that you know they slip about it i remember um what's that sister's name shahara ali was talking about how she caught herself one time on an elevator some white man asked her you know where she was going she was going to a lecture or something or a mall or something and she you know she just slipped up and told him because it's just subconsciously it just beat the fuck into you like since you were like as soon as you step out the home every authoritative figure that you come across is you know some white person and I mean it's just it's, the system's just designed that way I mean you look at fucking teachers like every fucking teacher now is just a white woman like it might be one black woman who's like an administrative assistant or some shit like that or like a teacher's assistant but Every fucking body is a white teacher. And I remember and I was fortunate enough to I went to King Elementary. My principal was black. Most of my teachers were black. Um and it was a black centered school. So even if you go to that school now, it's over there off of I went there from it was from kindergarten to uh third grade and along the hallways was nothing but black folks like and it's still up to this day uh it's just throughout the whole school it's just black inventors black musicians um just black folks who've done amazing things to contribute to American culture just all through it and that's all you learned about was black folks Uh, and even though there was a couple white teachers that I did have there but still it was just nothing but black folks and I went to King Science Center and I had black teachers there. And then once I got to junior high at King Sciences, when I, you know, it started fading out and you start seeing more white people. But from like fourth grade to sixth grade, because sixth grade was still considered grade school. Um, then I got to seventh grade and I remember I used to always get into it with my white female math teachers. They used to always try to play me to the left. I don't know why, but they always did. And um, and in fifth grade, too, was when I had an issue because I used to be an A, B student and used to be ones and twos. So like one was an A, two was a B. Through my whole leading up to fifth grade, then I started getting threes, which was a C, which was an average. And I'm like, why am I getting Cs? And I'll never forget this woman's name. is Miss Geisler. And she just didn't like me. Just didn't like me. But from fucking sixth grade, up until my senior year of high school, I was back being an A.B. student, like making the honor roll and everything. But that woman, she just did not like me. But in uh, seventh and eighth grade, I had these um, two young white women teachers, and they just didn't—they didn't like none of us black students. Like you just started feeling that and you were like, "Oh shit, okay." But I still would do all my homework. And pass, and I would get sent to the office all the time. And I never was a trouble troublemaker, but especially in like eighth grade, I would always get sent to the office. It was like my algebra two class or whatever in eighth grade. It was either algebra two or algebra three, I can't remember. And uh, I would always get sent to class. Still would either get a one or a two in there, get an A or a B in that fucking class. But those teachers would always fuck with me, always because if you know me you know i I do have a i don't have a smart mouth but everybody in my family talk to me like an adult if that makes sense so i have common sense so you're not just gonna run some bullshit by me and i would always call out bullshit when they would either fuck up on um on the overhead y'all remember them overhead projectors Uh, that they had and they had the light bulb and those clear sheets and shit like that and they'd be trying to teach us something I'm like well in the book it says do it like this and then there's a different answer and shit like that and then they would be trying to treat somebody unfairly and I would call that shit out Uh, and then you know it was just you couldn't bullshit me and I seen how you were treating other black students as opposed to the white students especially in 8th grade it was only me and like let me see three other black students because they split us up and they put they put like a teams and b teams in uh junior high and seventh and eighth grade and they had me and like three other black students with all these white kids and then all the black students were like on the a team (coughs) and um and there was no like white folks there and they just had us in there i'm just like we was the coon class or some shit but they would always just try to try to play us And just kind of treat us different, even though we were smart as hell, though. And I I just never stood for that shit. And I stay calling that shit out. And I was always in the office. Always getting sent to um, fucking in-school suspension. Especially in 8th grade. uh, Because that that lady did not like me. She was, like, fresh out of college or whatever. And she had a smart mouth, but my mouth was smarter. Because I always called out her bullshit. Always called out her bullshit. She would always be trying to, you know, fuck with us and stuff like that. And I just... I just I don't let that shit slide at all because I seen how she was treating us those little sprinkle of black students, and then in seventh grade, uh, the year b- before, had this lesbian uh, basketball coach <laughs> teacher who was um who would um she had a smart ass mouth and I would get I would get right back with her, We'd get right back with her. She always be trying to give me shit about some homework or some shit like that. I'm like, bam, it's right here. Always be trying to have me. Uh, uh, stay, stay after, do some shit. Tell me I didn't do no homework or some shit like that. And I smack that shit right on the desk. It's right here. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't check it. You know what I'm saying? Or you didn't, you didn't sign off on it, and blah blah blah, and all this other shit. And it's just, I just, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from with me, but I just hate, I hate dealing with somebody who's be trying to, you know, be, you know, a smart ass and you know treating folks unfairly just because of the way that they look. Like, that shit is not fair at fucking all. And I used to just, I always stood up for my people. always stood up for, you know, people who didn't look like me. You know, who was being mistreated and shit like that. But, yeah, in 7th and 8th grade... i'd never forget that it was always my algebra teachers they would always just fuck with the black kids it just was they would you know treat them white girls them white boys with kid gloves and shit like that they forget an assignment oh yeah you can just just you know just turn it in tomorrow you won't lose any points you know little black kid you know forget their assignment and some shit you know and all of a sudden oh well you can turn it in tomorrow but you're gonna take i'm gonna take five points off of it and shit like that and then you point out well oh just last week um, you know, little Nathan, he he was turning this shit in. You was just like, "Oh, that's fine. Just turn it in tomorrow. You'd be okay." Blah blah blah. But now, cause over here, little uh little jerome over here he trying to do it and you talking about you about to take five points on it like what you doing with that and i would call shit like, like that all the time they always take me out in the hall you know i'm not making a difference between such and such i just pointed out the difference well you can go down and talk to mr lutz i remember that all the time i used to get sent down to mr Lutz's office to talk shit you know and then me and him just be shooting the shit and here it is a white dude and he would always
1: always
0: We always called him nut huggers. This nigga, this nigga was a freak. This nigga, white nigga, he was. (laughs) He looked like fucking Peter Griffin, and he would always be free balling. And that nigga would have. He would always sit down and pull his pants up, you know, so they wouldn't. So and his nuts would be on each side of the seam, and this nigga would have his legs wide open. Uh, and now, looking back on it, I was like, oh, this nigga's a pervert. Like, he would always do that. He would always turn around in this swivel chair and have his... his his dick and one ball would be on one side of the seam on the left, then his his other nut would be on the right. And I'm just like, this nigga ain't got no fucking draws on. Like this big fat ass Peter Griffin nigga. And he would be doing that to the girls too, because the girls would be talking about it. Like I like they'd be like, I hate going into Mr. Let's office and shit like that. But yeah, but <laughs> I know I'm going off on a tangent, but <clears throat> But that's why I say, you know, black folks and other non white folks, we have been indoctrinating to believe you know, that white is right, everything that they're going to say that comes out of their fucking mouth is the fucking truth when it's not, you know, it's always, you know, you play by these set of rules. We make up our rules as we go along. And then if we make up a rule that goes along, you guys figure it out. We're going to change the rule again. So, I mean, just don't even put up with that shit. You know, do your research, study, and just don't fall for the okie doke this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in "Hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so holding this l we're going to talk about inflation i did some grocery shopping yesterday and uh i'm just like what the fuck is going on so you know that 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 i knew yesterday was gonna be some bullshit grocery shopping because i woke up uh to seeing this nigga's dick uh this nigga's drake's dick on my timeline on twitter there were so many of my female friends and followers that was like reposting retweeting the shit and i'm just like damn it was just like i had to mute like or um hide the actual um um the different pages that because it just kept on popping up i'm just like yo And I was on my following tab. I'm just like, man, like that's how I knew that the day was going to be some bullshit. Like I seen, you know, a nigga's dick on my timeline. The first thing I wake up and that's always a mistake is when you open your phone, when your alarm goes off and you start scrolling and catching up on your notifications and shit like that. Like that's, it's it's always a mistake because, you know, sometimes it'd be some good news. Sometimes it'd be some bad news and then sometimes it's some good, some weird news and just seeing, you know, a nigga waving his dick around on your timeline, on your phone, you're just like, you know what? Today gonna be kind of fucked up. And so anyways, you know, I get ready for the day and shit like that. And then I go grocery shopping in the afternoon before I pick up the girls from school. And I'm just like, you know, like, normally my wife does the grocery shopping and, um, you know, she does it online and shit like that. And it's always... A situation where this ain't in stock so they substitute they want to substitute it for this but it ain't shit that goes with the meal and then she ends up actually going into the store and it's actually there and it's just like okay these niggas is just lazy so anyway so i'm like i'll just go in and the grocery shop i'm, I'm free you know this week and um i was like you know let me just go in here and grocery shop and you know it that was like why is everything so fucking expensive like, it makes no fucking sense. Like, do y'all know, like, they had a sale on soda? So, a 12 pack of soda now, regularly priced is $8.99. Nigga, you telling me for 12 fucking cans of Dr. Pepper, you want $9? Or you can download a digital coupon and it'll be like four for 12 or some shit like that. You know how crazy that is, though? $8.99. A 12 pack of soda and it gets fucking worse. So then I was like, okay, down I I couldn't download the coupon or whatever. So I'm like, okay, it's whatever. My wife really wanted some Dr. Pepper zeros or whatever. So I'm like, uh, it's whatever. So I like, I'll just handle it, you know, when I get in line or whatever because it was an ad, you know, digital coupon and shit like that. And then this is the day before the new ad comes out or whatever. And then the coupon just disappears. Like the lady who was checking me out couldn't get it on her phone and shit like that. And then it wouldn't let her change it in the computer and shit like that. then you went, so you stuck in that position, like, "Um, all right, do I? And she was like, well, you can go to customer service and they'll just refund you back. And I'm like, all right, I'll do that or whatever. This is like after I'm grocery shopping. And then I looked at the line. It was like eight niggas deep and only uh, my homegirl that I went to high school with. She's the only one checking people out at customer service. And I'm like, I got to go get these girls from school. I'm going to just hold this L and pay this $9 for this 12-pack of soda or whatever. Which was fucking stupid. It was stupid. It was just fucking stupid on my behalf. But, you know, that's just what goes through my mind and what I'm going through. It was a bad day because I saw Drake's dick first thing in the morning. So, anyways going back to grocery shopping i'm like okay you know i'll buy some stuff you know for breakfast and stuff like that And i was like oh let me just grab a jug of orange juice a gallon of orange juice why is orange juice seven dollars and 49 cents and bakers had the audacity to have that shit and you know how they had those yellow tags with the blue writing and shit or the red writing it was like new low price like nigga how how much was it before no it said everyday low price nigga for some orange juice from concentrate it ain't even freshly squeezed like nigga y'all literally took some frozen orange juice added some water shook it up in a jug and put a cap on there and you want seven dollars and 49 cents and you can go over to the frozen aisle the frozen vegetable and frozen juice aisle and grab a canister for like two bucks and make it yourself or grab two of them to make a gallon for four bucks you know how crazy that is and then the half gallons, they was like five something. I'm like, that don't eat, the math don't even math right. So if you get two half gallons, they were like four eighty nine or some shit like that. Like two half gallons equals a gallon, right? But it's just like that's fucking almost nine bucks. Like, and why is everything like food wise? Everything is like close to five bucks. It's like four seventy nine, four eighty nine, four ninety nine. It's like. Why is that like the magic number for every fucking thing? Like, it's just crazy. And normally, you know how inflation works. (coughs) Excuse me. Is, you know, shit gets high, you know, um, something happens with production and it, it fucks with uh, the raw materials or processing the raw materials, something in the line of manufacturing fucks up something. So they have to raise the prices or whatever uh to make sales and shit like that and nigga the pandemic was fucking four years ago we creeping up on four years since COVID hit, because of hit the u.s at the end of february so we're creeping up on four years and we still playing these outrageous ass prices and then people are like oh it's because you know the fed uh the federal not the federal government but the um federal reserve is just printing up was printing off money and blah 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 not you know putting uh the money up against something like loans or shit like that or debt whatever and it's just like why the fuck are we still paying for it and then they try to blame it on that and then you see all these companies have these record profits and shit like that only good news that came out of this uh shit is um with all this inflation shit is mcdonald's they're catching they they had like a um uh, uh, it wasn't a quarterly call, but it was like a, some kind of finance call and kind of the conversation leaked. And it was talking about how they're losing people who make $45,000 or less, how they're losing, you know, uh, you know, the working poor, how they're losing their, you know, that's really their bread and butter. And it's just like, nigga, a fucking McChicken is almost four dollars, nigga. like, what are you talking about? Like, you surprised, you know what I'm saying? Only time, the only time that we like. Me and the wife, we both work, so you got dual incomes right there. Shit, when we go to McDonald's, we use both of our phones to get them goddamn discounts because it's crazy. It is fucking crazy. It is bananas. This looks like, you look at that shit, like, I always use, like, I be having that coupon all the time, like, 20% off $5 or more, or 30% off $5 or more, or it'd be like, buy one Happy Meal, get one free, and I do that for the girls or whatever, and then on my wife's phone, she'll do, you know, something like, you know, you buy a double cheeseburger, you get the second one for, like, 29 cents or some shit like that, and then we'll buy some fries, because it's just like yo what kind of what type of time y'all on? like a double cheeseburger a double cheeseburger doing obama's first term that shit was a dollar and that was a double cheeseburger that wasn't the fucking mcdouble then you know some fuckery became foot when these niggas introduced the mcdouble so a double cheeseburger with one slice of cheese in between the, the meats pause and i'm just like okay that's when niggas would start slipping. Then all of a sudden, the the fries dropped off the dollar menu and shit like that. And then the uh, the McDouble dropped up off of there to start. It crept up to like a dollar nineteen or a dollar twenty nine and shit like that. Now you look at it, a fucking McDouble is like three thirty nine. Like man, get the fuck out of here. McDonald's used to be for the people. I used to, I wrote a fucking blog post that said McChicken for president because that shit kept me and the homeboy came in rest in peace it kept us afloat at our apartments you know during the fucking uh what was that 0- 0809. you know what i'm saying it kept us afloat shit we used to get a fucking mcchicken no mayo and shit and we used to uh they used to have this hamburger helper but it was chicken helper and it was like uh chicken fettuccine or whatever man you get a couple of them mcdoubles for two i mean uh mcchickens for uh two dollars no mayo and just take the patty uh the chicken patty dice that bitch up and throw it in that fettuccine that shit was slapped so goddamn hard i'm telling you now but anyways so mcdonald's is talking about they losing all these these uh these uh, people so the only good thing that might happen is they might bring back that dollar menu. they don't have to they don't have to offer up something but like i was saying before i went off on the mcdonald's change. normally how that inflation works is people just stop buying the shit you know what i'm saying they just stop buying it it's like oh you know uh you know like if car prices the interest rate on car car loans went up people stopped buying cars or they started buying used cars and shit like that or uh with the housing markets and shit like that when the interest rates was going up people were like uh eh, i'm gonna chill for a minute and they can rent but now you can't even rent because rent is more than fucking a mortgage out here you know what i'm saying and i saw some shit um what was that on cnn or uh, earlier this morning The motherfuckers was talking about that the interest rate for a home loan, even with good credit, that shit is over seven percent. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, seven percent, seven percent on a fucking home loan, like that is crazy. Seven percent interest, like that is fucking bananas. Like it's just wild to me. But you know, most Americans would just stop. But there's so much shit now that that the stuff is a necessity. Like, it could, like you could just pick and choose, like, oh, you know, um, chicken is sky high, so, you know, we're going to start, you know, fucking with this. Uh, we're going to fuck with some turkey. We're going to fuck with some ground turkey, some ground beef and shit like that. But now everything is just super expensive. Like, um, it used to be, like, chicken breasts where, like, you know, the premier, you know, cuts of meat, and that would be the expensive shit. So you could just get some, you know, some, some hindquarters, you know, the leg and the thigh, and you'd be cool, cool, you'd be good to go, or it'd be cheaper to buy a whole chicken. Now a whole fucking chicken is like $10. dollars you like, nigga, what? Like, nigga, a whole chicken, a whole raw chicken, $10, 11 $12? I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, and it's so much stuff that's, it's a necessity that you just be like, fuck it, I need it. You know, so you buy it anyway, because that's the mentality that you have. You're like, fuck it, I'll buy it anyway. Then you see all these fucking companies. Oh, we got record profits, record profits. It's just like, nigga, you done raised the price like 300% in like four years, you know, two, three years. It's just like, what the fuck? Because shit didn't really start creeping back up to what, like 2022? You know, it was like 2022, is, you know, shit started kind of creeping up and they was blaming it on COVID and the bird flu and shit like that. Remember when we couldn't get no goddamn chicken wings and shit like that? It was like, oh, the bird flu is wiping out these uh, these chickens. So a whole chicken is, you know, $15 and shit like that. So you're like, man, get the fuck out of here. And then all of a sudden, it's like <coughs> and that whole chicken went down a dollar. Then you look at, you know, the fucking uh poultry farms are like oh we're we getting record profits right now and you're like yo what nigga what like come on now and you look at like everything is just so fucking expensive like I, I bought enough shit for meals and you know family of four i got two toddlers and a wife and we always have leftovers and i bought enough food for what six different meals um, to last us into the, the following week when I get paid and it's just like okay we got enough to last till then and shit like that and it's just like nigga I spent over 200 bucks it's just like what for a week's worth of food not even a full seven days like six days worth of meals you know breakfast lunch and dinner and it's just like like nigga are you serious like my cart wouldn't even full like that like, that's, that's what just, it just trips me the fuck out. Like, you just look at this shit, and you just like, man, like, they really just horn us out, and it just, man, like, where the fuck are them, uh, them niggas that was, uh, fucking with Obama when he first was in office, them, uh, Occupy Wall Street niggas, where the fuck are y'all at? Like, why y'all ain't out in front of these grocery stores or some shit, you know, causing a ruckus? Shit, I might lead a new charge, man, just start protesting in front of these stores, or... You know, take that shit to these farmers or something cause this is some bullshit like to these corporations like nigga food nigga like are you fucking serious and then you look at fucking then there was the fruit that I had to buy I had to download all these fucking digital coupons just to have a decent price on fruit like I bought some, some blueberries and it was like oh download the coupon and it's only $4 like $4 for some fucking blueberries nigga like $4 nigga Like, I remember when these shits used to be, like, $1.99, like, just a few years ago. Like, now they $4? Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, this shit is ridiculous. And then without the the fucking digital coupon, they were, like, 6 bucks. Like, come on. Like, man, this shit is just fucking ridiculous. But, you know, I just blame, you know, I blame all this shit, you know, for me being so crabby and angry about it. Because I seen that Canadian nigga's dick that's you know first thing in the morning i just knew it was gonna be a fucked up day so i guess i gotta hold this l get your man you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes uh we have to give it to the brother mr willie thompson and big jims not big jims that used to be the barbershop but jims rib haven is back open Uh, It's about damn time. It caught fire last year of uh, March, back in March, and uh, they've been trying to get up to code and get all the electrical work redone and shit like that, and they are back up and running. It's been about a week or two that they've been uh, open and uh, that goddamn line be down Ames Avenue and I ain't trying to to wait there that goddamn long. I'm gonna try to hit them niggas when they first uh, open up one of these days, but yeah, that goddamn line, man, that shit be about 12, 13 cars deep, and that shit be a, the whole shape of the goddamn line is like a question mark down Ames Avenue. It's just like, fuck. But, I mean, shout out to Mr. Willie Thompson and, you know, the whole staff over there at Jim's Rib Haven, and hopefully with all this, um, with all these customers coming in, they can hire some more people, though, and get a second cashier because that's always been the, the goddamn weight. Like, you go in there, you think you're going to beat the line, and the cash there's only one cashier in there so she working the window and she prioritizing the people at the window first before your getting your black ass just standing in there because you thought you could beat the line and shit like that so hopefully mr thompson can go ahead and <clears throat> hire another cashier but uh man that's dope to see that it came back you know great great feeling just seeing that back opened up and seeing it so goddamn busy that's just amazing right there so nothing but love and respect to uh, brother willie Alright so moving on to health over wealth you know what I say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth and this quote comes from the great Paul Mooney we are in the beginning of the year it's Black History Month and you know people are really fucking trying it and you see it a lot on like um, a lot on Twitter and there's basically this uh, program that they, they pay people for for engagement and shit like that And so, it's like, you see more and more white supremacists post, and it's just always just dumb shit, you know, it's just like, why is there a black national anthem, how come there isn't an Asian one, how come there isn't a Latino one, and how come, blah, 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 and it's, it's so much... Bullshit, and it's just like you see all these black people on TV. How come they're talking about? How come uh, black Americans are talking about reparations and shit like that? And it's all for engagement and clout. And they'll just say some ridiculous shit, you know, like slavery wasn't that bad, and blah blah blah, and let it go and shit like that. Just the typical ignorant talking points to get some engagement. Because if you re- retweeted, or if you comment on it, if you retweeted with a quote, like you quote tweeted. And uh, interact with it any kind of way, uh, you know. That's just gets their ramps their views up, and then uh, you know get their engagement up. And it shows that they're super popular on Twitter. So it's one of those things where it's just like you are seeing more and more of it, and people are people just be falling for it. People just be falling for it. And the way that you get around that type of shit, like if you're gonna quote tweet it or something like that, what you want to do is actually just take a screenshot of the tweet, and then then post that as a picture with your response or some shit like that. So that person doesn't, uh, you know, be engaging in a, what is it, farm engagement? That's what they call it, farming or whatever. You know, just basically just trying to get more and more people and try to grow their audience and, you know, get more money from Twitter and shit like that. And since Elon Musk took over Twitter, I mean, you just see all kind of N-word this, N-word that, and all that other shit. So this quote it, is, it either came off of Paul Mooney's masterpiece album or this first one called Race uh, but basically what Paul Mooney said, if I have to wear the tight shoe, we all do. and basically what he was saying is if I'm gonna be uncomfortable in a situation, we all gonna be fucking uncomfortable. That's just how it goes and I've done that plenty of times before at work and I'll give you some examples. Uh, there was a time years ago. At my job, where the white folks like I, like me and one other black dude, we've been working there for like four or five years, and in my department, we're the only two black dudes. We're the only two black dudes that drive the bigger trucks at my job, and <laughs> and them and them white managers and supervisors. Would always get us mixed up it would be in group text uh you know asking us to do something uh you know specifically like they would you know say my route and mean him um you know say my route and then you know use his name and then vice versa and shit like that just get us mixed up and there's only two of us and at the time uh our department like i said it was just two black dudes in the department and we had, like, a Hispanic guy and, like, three white guys. It was only, like, six of us. And uh, and I was just like, yo, what the fuck? And it just makes you so fucking uncomfortable and it's so disrespectful because you've been working at a place, you know, for over five years. And so, and I remember listening to the Masterpiece. I think it was the Masterpiece album, but it could be the race one. And I remember Paul Mooney saying that, and he was basically just breaking down how you know if you're gonna make me uncomfortable I'm gonna make everybody in this motherfucker uncomfortable and that's what I started doing Uh, I just started calling the shit out there was a time when somebody uh there was a time in a group text they uh it was like and it was just me and it wasn't the other black dude in it so it was a group text like me and like a couple other white supervisors and it was like hey such and such could you do this and blah 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 and I'm like (sighs) I'm like this isn't such and such that's the other black guy <laughs> and he just went dead, <laughs> like he just went dead in the group chat. Like nobody said shit. And then, uh, then it was like the next day. You know, I got an apology and shit like that. And then it started happening in person and stuff. And I just started calling it out. I'm like, that's the other black guy. Like it's only two of us here, and you you got to get it right. And we look nothing alike. Like I ain't got no hair got a tattoo on the side of my head full beard like come on now this brother he a couple shades darker than me got a 360 wave like come on now like come on now now you can't be that fucking racist like it got to the point where it just felt like it was deliberate so every time I just make people uncomfortable and I start calling them the wrong name you know what I'm saying your name is Tom I'm calling you Tim you know it's just oh I'm, I'm sorry uh, you know it just slips my mind you know I'm sorry. And I haven't had that issue since. Since I started making people uncomfortable, I haven't had that issue at all It worked. So I'm telling y'all, if you have to wear the tight shoe at your job, you being the only black person or whatever, start making other people feel uncomfortable. And I'll tell you another story. Uh, so I left, I left my job and went back to my old job. So I left my job and I went over to uh, working for the state. I started working for the state of Nebraska for a little bit. Cause I thought it was gonna be better, and fuck no, it was it was not better at fucking all. So basically, I went over there driving, you know, the snow plows and shit like that. I, Cause I love to drive. It's it's a it's a easy job, and but it's very rewarding, pays well, pays handsomely. But this was actually less than my previous job, but it was supposed to be you know better hours and shit like that. But boy, they pulled the wool over my eyes, and so. Anyway, so the site that they had me working at There's like, in Omaha, there's three different sites That they have, so you have the West Omaha site uh, And then you have the East Omaha site, which is in South O And then you had the North Omaha site which was, which was Mormon Bridge By the Mormon Bridge, which was close to my house But I'm at the West O site That's off of 108th and L So anyways, there was um, The site that I worked at It was nothing but just old white dudes Like, they just, they tricked my ass When they interviewed me they took the, there, at that West o site that I was at there was one black dude who was a crew chief there and he was from Chicago and basically he just been in a job for like three years or whatever and he's a transplant so you know it's one of them situations like okay I got on with the state, it's a, it's a decent job so I'ma just keep it, you know what I'm saying not really knowing no better that there's better jobs out there but you a transplant you know so you just kind of stick with you know who uh, brought you on here you know what I'm saying but anyways and then they had the black woman who's the supervisor of the East Omaha over in South though. They had them to interview me with the white dude. So I'm thinking this, these, these two leads, like the crew chief and the supervisor. And so you had two supervisors, a white supervisor, white man, and you had the black lady and you had the black dude with the crew chief in the interview. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, you got black people in management. Cool. Hell yeah. I didn't meet none of the staff, you know, that I was going to be working with. And so I go through the interview, knock that shit out. It was cool in the gang and everything. So I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I'm like, cool. You know, I'm telling the wife, I'm like, Yo, they got a black supervisor. And then she's like, Yeah, I know where you live at. You know, you neighbors with my, you know, your neighbors with my mom and blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, okay, your mama stay down here. And you know, she described the house. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what house that is, you know. So bam, I'm like, okay, cool. And shit. And then the black dude, he cool as fuck. You know, I was like, okay, cool, cool. So I got a black supervisor. So there's like it's two supervisors, and I got a crew lead. You know what I'm saying? I got a black woman supervisor, got a black dude who a crew chief, and the white dude seems decent. I'm like, all right, cool, cool in the game. These niggas pulled the Okie doke on my black ass. <coughs> so 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 my first day, I get there and basically nobody introduces me to anybody. So I walk in, the receptionist or the administration administrator later is like, oh hey, welcome blah blah blah. You know, you can go in a break room and wait for the crew chiefs. I'm like, okay. So I walk in there. And it looks like a fucking Trump rally in that motherfucker. It's nothing but old white man. Like, I'm 40, and the closest guy to my age was probably like 53, 54. And you got guys in their fucking 60s working there. And there's one guy just sitting there, uh, got on a fucking Trump 2024 hat. And I just knew off rip. I was like, oh, hell no. And everybody just kind of looked at me like, oh this the new nigger you know what i'm saying it was just that kind of thing i was like oh i fucked up royally so but i'm thinking i'm thinking like okay so it's the black supervisor and the black crew chief i'm like all right i'll give it a shot well the black supervisor she's the head of uh, a south omaha i'm like oh my fucking god so i won't be working with her and then you had the black crew chief he was at the west site or whatever but they talk to him and treat him like shit i'm like oh hell no double hell no so then they thinking that i'm gonna be on the coon train with this nigga, right and there's so many times that i had to correct them like they were just talking shit. uh there was one white dude who basically uh he had an african girlfriend one of them old white men he had an african girlfriend and the way that they was talking about africans i was like okay you know just oh he's getting scammed and all this other shit and using him for his money and shit and they were just talking about it with disgust and stuff and they're like i wonder how his parents would feel you know him dating you know an african woman and blah 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 i'm like yo what the fuck so i'm looking at the black dude the crew chief he ain't saying nothing and i'm just like and so i call it out and i'm like what do you mean what his parents think what do what does his parents think about it you know he's a grown man and it just gets quiet And then everybody just kind of side eyes and look at each other like, oh, we got one of them, right? So that's strike number one. And then, then it was a situation where you start, you know, you start learning about these guys and shit like that. And some of them, not all of them was racist, not all of them, but the majority of them were. And there was, what was another situation? There was one where I was watching ESPN and some, some black athlete was on there. And uh, and this is what I talk about the tight shoe thing. So there was some black athlete on there. I forgot who it was because they always watching the top ten on Sports Center or whatever. And there was some kind of thing where somebody had multiple baby mamas or some shit like that. And the the guy made a comment like, "Oh man, I know where all his money's going all to them baby mamas or something like that." And then I said, I was like, I'ma say a, a, a different name, but I was like, Jim, haven't you been married three times and you got, you know, four kids by three different women? And then it gets quiet again. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I talk about when we gonna make motherfuckers uncomfortable. And so there's it's just situations like that, you just had to call it out. And then it just it was too much for me. It was like I only worked there for like two and a half months, and it was it was like walking into the fucking lions den. And on so when you have snow shifts, so on snow shifts you work, uh, you know, you work a twelve hour shift and clearing the the interstates and shit like that. But you work with the construction crew, so we was highway maintenance, and the construction crew is um, that's where all the black folks is at. And so I was talking with a few of the brothers over, and I'm like. I was like, "Yo, how the fuck do y'all do this?" Like talking to them, I'm like, "Is it like that over there on the construction?" And it was like, "No, nah, it ain't like that over here." And it uh, was like, "I know exactly what you're talking about." And I was just like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" And uh, and it turn comes to find out, most of the black dudes who are on the construction side of working for the state of Nebraska, they started in highway maintenance and they just immediately transferred out as soon as they got the opportunity to just because of the working conditions and dealing with all them fucking bigots and so i was just like fuck i was like yeah i'm gonna try to do that and so but they were telling me because you have to take a test to get into uh the construction side because it's a lot of it's a lot of geometry and a lot of math and shit like that and measurements and so you have to take this test but it only opens up in the spring so this is the end of november i'm like the spring of what and they was like april i was like i ain't gonna make it that long and they they just kept on telling me man just hold on just hold on you know you come over to this side you cool you know everybody's good and everybody got some fucking sense and everything like that and uh you know and then you get to that point and it's just like no no no, like I, I walked into way too many racist conversations in the locker room because we had a locker room where we changed it and it wasn't necessarily towards black people. It was towards other groups. So then it was just like, well, what the fuck are you saying when I'm not here? You know what I'm saying? And what are you saying in front of this black crew chief? Because the way that they was just disrespecting this man, I'm like, yo, you're their superior, dog. And he just like, oh, well, you know, no, I don't know, sir. Cause ain't nobody gonna be disrespecting me and they're they're my shit they're they're my co-workers i don't let them disrespect me like that you know what i'm saying so it was just it was so many times where i had to correct and correct and overcorrect, and these motherfuckers in their 50s and 60s and it's just like i said it was just like walking into the fucking lion's den you always had to just correct them you always had to correct them like, there was this fucking hillbilly who was trying to say that, you know, religion started, uh, you know, with the Norse people and shit like that. Talking about the Christian uh, religion started with Norse and all this other shit. And I was like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like, this is your version of we was kings and shit like that. You know, and it's just like, come on. We know the oldest, you know, uh, fucking Bible and the earliest, earliest, earliest first signs of Christianity came out of Ethiopia. You know, it's just like. Like, you have to just stop with these fucking lies, you know? And it was just like... And these people were just so stuck in their fucking ways. And it just the way that they talked about, you know, non-white people and women, you were like, God damn. And we had, like, one female crew chief. And just the shit that they would be saying to her, and she would just let the shit roll off her back and just, you know, laugh it off and shit like that. I'm like, man, I can't... I'm not this hard up for no fucking money. And it's less than what I was making at my old job and I was like hell no I just it got too fucking much and I couldn't go to my superior about it because I did file formal complaints and shit like that and because a, the, the supervisor these was his most of these were his buddies in the fucking Marines so it's just like okay you got a whole racket going here so yeah I got the fuck up out of there I hit my old manager back up at my old job and I was like yo can I have my job back and he was like yo we'd be more than happy to have you back So I'm back in my old job because, you know, it's one of them things where I wasn't going to fight that fight. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth going in there. I did file a a formal complaint with the EEOC and we've been corresponding like back and forth and shit like that. But I don't think anything really going to go down like that. Um, but it was just so much. And I looked into transferring into, uh, different areas, like over to the Mormon Bridge or down there in South Omaha, cause in, down there in South Omaha, it wasn't nothing but, you know, just Mexican niggas down there, you know what I'm saying? So, and you had the sister who was running the shit. So, and she seemed like cool as fuck, but you just never know, you know, it could have been, you know, uh, a low key coon, just like the the crew chief was at my site, you know, taking that shit up off the white man. That was, that's what made me so fucking mad because i seen how much respect that they had for the supervisor and for the uh for the white crew chief because there was three different crew chiefs you had the black dude <clears throat> you had the white hillbilly you had the chick and just the respect that they gave that white man i was just like yo compared to the black dude and compared to the woman i was like oh this ain't it and then me having to constantly correct and check you know motherfuckers for saying just fucked up shit about different groups And it was just like what are they saying about me you know what i'm saying so it just just wasn't it like just just that situation of somebody having the audacity to criticize someone for having multiple baby mothers when you've been married multiple times and got dear you know multiple women pregnant and you can justify you know, talking shit about somebody's baby mama because you got married four times. Like, you know, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's it's just that type of shit that you have to call out. And it wasn't it wasn't one of those jobs where you just like I'm gonna stand and fight and I'm gonna you know no, it wasn't that. It was just like yo, let me get the fuck up out this situation because I'm gonna put hands and feet on somebody. And it was just it was like walking into the lion's den every fucking day. Like that was probably the hardest two and a half months that I had, man. That was so tough. It was so tough going in there, and you working with this heavy, these heavy duty tools and equipment, and you have to, you you just don't know, you know, um, with the incompetence of these older men. And on top of that, you're thinking, okay, these motherfuckers could, you know, drop this truck on me, you know, while I'm under it, because they had. Had me up under there you know changing fucking oil filters fuel filters and just doing shit like that uh, i'm working with chainsaws the wood chipper you know cutting down trees and shit like that and it's just like you know i couldn't trust nobody that i worked with i didn't trust a fucking soul when it came to us cutting down trees and shit i would take my chainsaw and like we'd be at a site cutting down trees along the highway and shit and i would be fucking 50 yards from the next person and my head would stay on the swivel because I didn't trust them fucking bigots I didn't trust any of them white supremacists you know and it was the some of them was cool but still at the same time like I don't know what they were saying you know about my black ass when I wasn't there you know what I'm saying so You really could. You didn't know who to trust. You know, some people seem cool, but here they are yucking it up with the hardcore white supremacists. So now I suspect you of being one. You know what I'm saying? And it was like I said, it was just like going into the Lions Den every fucking day. Every fucking day, I had a debate defending some non-white group or woman. Every fucking day. And then it would always come out. Oh, I see what you're saying. But it's like you're that fucking old. You're that stuck in your ways. then it's the next day here you are talking about another group of people you know and you're thinking you're the fucking authority or christ out here you know like your way you know it's just all it was just nothing but i'm white and i say so type shit that's all it was like and, and it just oh i just wanted to just fucking throw up so many times it was just so disgusting hearing this shit come from these people and it was just over and over. I'm defending people over and over. And it was so fucking draining. It was so draining. Then I'd be on the job sites and they'd be like, Hey, you're not talking. I don't wanna fucking talk to you. I don't wanna tell you shit. I'm not telling you shit about my life. I'm not telling you a goddamn thing. I don't want a goddamn thing to do with you. Hey, you're not working with us and but no, I'm working on this section over here. I'ma get started down here. And it was just like, and I just thank God that I was able to go back to my old job and I didn't burn that bridge because I was there in my old job almost 10 years. So, yeah, and it just made me, you know, I know it's corny. I know it's kind of, you know, we be sitting in them meetings, you know, when they be talking about diversity and occlusion and shit like that, but it makes me appreciate my my job that I'm at now my old job that I'm at now because you can definitely you know you have a 800 number you can call to there's a whole uh there's a whole diversity helpline hotline you know for non-white people you know what I'm saying to call and shit like that they ever have a situation and uh you know when I was working for the state it was like that's it you know that's the end all be all like i said i filed that formal complaint with the eeoc and it's still under investigation and that's been like damn near three four weeks you know what i mean bringing up different scenarios and shit like that so you know it, you have to make people wear that tight shoe but at the same time you it just if it's too much on your mental get the fuck up out of there get the fuck up out of there i know we're supposed to leave you know, a better place for our kids and shit like that. Uh, But it has to be a fight that's worth fighting. And me, you know, going to war every fucking day with some fucking Trumpsters and shit like that who are, you know, know, 50 and 60 years old, these motherfuckers are stuck in their ways and it's not even worth it. But I had to defend people because that's who I am. And you're not going to say no slick shit in front of me. But doing that every fucking day for, you know, less pay than what I'm making, it was fucking draining. It was fucking draining. But I made sure every fucking shift that if I had to wear the tight shoe, y'all motherfuckers gonna have to wear it too. And I made everybody uncomfortable from the black crew chief to all them bigots. Because I was just like, man, why you letting these motherfuckers talk to you like that? Don't do that. Don't deal with that shit. And I told him, man, you need to watch your back on these goddamn job sites because you just can't trust these old bigots. But that has been episode 204 of Durags and Boat Shoes. Nothing but love and respect to y'all. Um, and just stay tuned. There's a mini pod that'll be dropping uh, talking about the upcoming Super Bowl and shit like that. And just to, you know, talk about a few little things and then we'll have a full episode uh the end of next week and as always i love y'all and i thank y'all for just riding with me all right peace